This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, thank you, thank you. Honored to be in the house of God, honored to worship with you. I believe God will touch your heart again today just through the scriptures and prayers, the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. So in saying that, if you need a Bible, once you get your hand up real high, our ushers would gladly get you one. Then we'll go to the book of Colossians chapter 3 is where we'll begin this morning. Uh, just our hearts here with forgiveness, you know, I believe in our society right now that's something that's very needed. And if not, what happens with us as human beings? We, we begin to plot and strategize areas of ways we can get revenge or retaliation against people that have hurt us in one way or another. But it's very interesting that in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, we pray this. We say, Father God, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So literally in that prayer, we're telling God to forgive us as we forgive others. And so how well are we doing? And I believe these are some of the things that we want to talk about this morning. The scriptures will teach us. And so again... Our, our main text for this has been Matthew, uh, actually it's been John chapter 8, verse 36. Jesus will set you free. You know Jesus, he'll set you free indeed. So we're hitting that again today on the area of forgiveness. We begin in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, the chosen of God, he says, be holy be, and beloved, put on. Put on, put on behavior that's marked by the new living says, you must clothe yourself. So when we see the word put on, that's a choice. Not going to happen automatically. I mean, you think about the pair of shoes you're wearing right now. You chose to put them on. You weren't driving here and they just mysteriously jumped on your feet this morning. You chose them. And so when he tells us this, as as his holy, as his beloved, we ought to be marked by some of these characteristics. So what are they? He goes on to say mercy. We ought to be people of mercy, people of kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, or patience. We ought to bear with one another and forgiving one another. Now, the word forgiving right there means to to show favor, kindness, unconditionally. It is from the same Greek word that we get the word grace from. And so, one of the characteristics that the Apostle Paul tells us, he said, you're going to have to make the choice to put on forgiveness. You know, it's very clear that one of the signs of the end times that we will become a society that is barren of forgiveness. We won't forgive other people. And so again, as, as Christians, as believers, he's telling us, put on. Put on forgiveness. Now look what it goes on to say in the end of verse 13. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as God forgave you, so you must also, or you must also do. You also must, must do. And, and this was like a command here. You don't see any asterisk mark attached to it. 
There's no loopholes. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. He specifically said, you must do. And he tells us how we must do it. And if you look back on there, he said, just as Christ forgave you. And so we can go back and we can think, how did Jesus forgive us? He forgave us unconditionally. He paid the ultimate price. And so when reading this here, forgiveness again is not a cheap denial. Okay? That's not what he's talking about. It's not condoning another person's actions. But literally, it is to end the cycle of revenge. The plot of, okay, hatred and hatred and hatred. And what we realize is hatred, few, uh, it, it, it fuels this endless society or this move that never ends within us. And I believe that's what you're seeing in our society right now, to a degree. So we must do it. If I don't, it stops the blessings of God in my life. I don't care who we are. God can't move like he desires to. Now, turn with me to the book of Acts. We're going to be in Acts chapter 7, and then we're going to hit another passage in Acts chapter 8. As you're turning to Acts 7, the passage I'm going to read here is about a man. His name is Stephen. And it specifically says in Acts 6 that Stephen was a man of faith and power. And Stephen begins to teach the word of God to a group of people that they really didn't want to hear what the word of God said. And he doesn't back off. He continually to preach the word. And he preached the word. I applaud you for wanting to come to church to hear the word of God. I applaud any time it says, Pastor, we want to hear the word of God. We can never get away from that, okay? And so this is where this guy's at. He's given them strong doses of the word of God. We pick up in Acts 7, verse 51. And he says to them, you're stiff-necked. You're stubborn. And uncircumcised in heart and ears. You may have been circumcised outwardly. But your heart is very hard. And he says even your ears. And when he says that. He said to him. You're deaf to the truth. You don't want to hear the truth. And, and the apostle Paul warns that. In Timothy where he says in these last days. There will be a group of people. That will heat up itching ears. They'll want to hear what they want to hear. But they don't want to hear the truth. And so this is where he's at with this group right here. And so to a degree, he's the one he's saying, don't be hard hearted and don't be stubborn when it comes to the truth. He goes on to say, you always resist the Holy Spirit. When I resist the Holy Spirit, I quench the Holy Spirit. And the Lord Jesus said in John 16, verse 8, he said this specifically about the Holy Spirit. He said, God sent the Holy Spirit into the world to convict us of sin. Do you know when I get convicted of sin, that's a good thing? That's not a bad thing. It's a good thing that the Lord is he's, he's pulling my heart back to him. And so he said, because you've resisted the Holy Spirit, 
you're shutting down the things of God in your life. And he goes on to say this, as your fathers did, as your forefathers did, as your ancestors did, so do you. So immediately he says, you're beginning to follow a pattern. Verse 52, which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just ones, of whom you now have become betrayers and murderers. He says, you're doing just like they were. Who love, who have received the law or the word by the direction of angels, but you've not kept it. You heard the word, but you chose to deliberately disobey it. Now watch what happens here. When they heard these things, they were cut to heart. They were infuriated, not, not with themselves, but at him. And they gathered at Stephen, or they gnashed at, t- at Stephen with their teeth. They're so mad. But he being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Now we may not think that's a big deal there. Where this guy, Stephen, he's having a dream and he's looking into heaven. And he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. You know why that's such a big deal? That when Jesus rose from the grave. He was here on the earth for 40 days after that. After he died, the Bible said he ascended into heaven. And when he ascended in heaven, Hebrews 10, 12 says, he was seated at the right hand of the Father. But the activities of this right here in this passage are so intense. Something that's taken place right here on earth. That Jesus stands up. Jesus, he he sees what's happening right here. And he takes notice of it. And watch what begins to take place here. And they cried out with a loud voice. And they stopped their ears. They refused the truth again. And they ran at him with one accord. And they cast him or they drug him out of the city. And they begin to stone him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. They're stoning this guy to death. And this guy named Saul is witnessing it. He's approving of it. And this man named Saul is the same Apostle Paul that later on gets born again. Something happens right here. I believe through this man, Stephen's, his actions, it actually pulled the heart of Saul later on. I believe what Stephen did put seed in his heart. But watch this. This is where we're headed. Then Stephen knelt down and he cried out with a loud voice. Do not charge them with this sin. Now I want you to get this picture here. This is a man who's on the verge of dying. He knows physically. He bows his knees and he shouts to Father God and says, Father God, do not charge this sin against them. 
And we look at some of the translation, the Amplified says, lay it not to their charge. Another one says, fix not this sin upon them. Do not hold this sin against them. Unbelievable to me. He acknowledges that what they're doing to him is sin. But he says, Father God, I do not want to press charges against them. And when we press charges against them, you know what that literally means? We want them to pay for it. So I read this passage and I put myself in the story. Put yourself in the story. That here you've told people the truth of the word of God and they get so infuriated with you they decide to stone you to death. And your last words on earth, you're on your knees crying out to God. This guy says, Father God, I don't want to press charges against them. But what would this guy say? What would you say? I pray every one of you burn in hell. I pray every one of you get exactly what you did. See, that's, that's the way the world operates. But here, this guy, he says, Father, I don't want to press charges against them. And look at the end of verse 60. And when he said this, he fell asleep. He literally dies. But what we see here is a stunning imitation of a man who imitated the exact things the Lord Jesus did when he was on the cross. And if you remember with the two thieves by him, he looked at all of them around him and said, Father God, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I believe when Jesus was standing up in heaven, watching what was taking place with here with Stephen, you know what he was saying? That's my boy right there. That's my boy. And so when I read this passage, it moves me. It moves me to the degree to say, Lord, I get mad when people cut me off in traffic. I get mad when someone cuts in line at Walmart. That's not fair. Who do you think you are? But here's a guy who's done nothing wrong preaching the God, and they stone him to death. So he uses an extreme situation in life, but it reflects back on me. What do I do in the little areas of my life? What do I do in marriage when we get mad at each other? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Whoever said that was a delusional fellow, okay? That's some messed up thinking. But many times the very words and the actions we do are what separates us over and over and over and over. Now, turn a page to, to the book of Acts chapter 8. And we're going to hit another passage in here, but as you're turning there to, to chapter 8, you know, we can pay back, we can have revenge. We can begin to live our lives with a legacy of retaliation. Where we can say, man, I got them back. This person did this. I got even, man. I made them pay for what. They'll know right now, never mess with me again. I'm like the nation of Israel. You mess with me, I will retaliate. And we almost say that with a sense of pride. And we can get revenge. 
But guess what? Nothing in our life ever changes. It just becomes a vicious cycle that's repeated. Now let me paraphrase here in in Acts chapter 8. There's a man named Simon. Simon was identified as a sorcerer. He did witchcraft. He did magic. And he was so proficient in it that the people of his city, they called him God. They thought it was God. It wasn't God, okay? Let me make this real clear to you today. Don't mess around with witchcraft in any way. Tarot cards, fortune telling. I'm telling you, those things are of the devil, all right? See, here's a thought for you. We don't have to look at the stars. We can look at the very one who made the stars. Okay? And the way I identify that is when people preach the word of God, do they preach Jesus? And do they preach Jesus as the son of God? Those are big. That will identify a lot of things. So this guy who's practicing sorcery, he's doing all kinds of things. But there's an evangelist who comes to the city named Philip. Philip, it says specifically, is preaching Jesus to him. And all of a sudden, the people of the city get born again. And not only the people of the city get born again, this guy who practiced witchcraft, Simon, he gets born again. And before long, he begins to follow him. And he sees Philip would lay hands on people. And when Philip would lay hands on people in Jesus' name, things happen. And so this guy, he says, hey, I'll give you money if you give me that gift. So we pick up in Acts chapter 8. Uh, let's just start in verse 20. Acts 8 verse 20. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you. Because you thought the gift of God could be purchased with money. Now understand, the gift of God, you just receive it, okay? A gift, all right? A gift. A gift. If I was to give Brad a a gift for Christmas, I wouldn't say, hey, here's your gift. Now give me 20 bucks for that, buddy. You'd look and think, man, what type of Wheaties is that guy eating? See, again, a gift. The gift of God are to be received. This is what he's talking about. He says, Because you have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right with God. So right here, they identify his heart's not right. His heart isn't good with God. If you know right now your heart isn't good with God, what can you do? Well, look at verse 22. Repent. Repent, therefore, of your wickedness. Don't ever view repentance as a negative. Review it as a positive where you come in and say, Man, Father God, my my heart's off track. I want to come back home. And you know what? God says, if you'll repent, he'll forgive you. So he tells him right here. He said, repent of your wickedness. And pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. And so he said, you repent, God will forgive you. This is what I want to get into. Watch real closely verse 24. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness. You are poisoned by bitterness. Peter discerns something here. That he has a root of bitterness within him. And this is the danger right here of tolerated, embraced unforgiveness 
that it corrupts. It leads to things that I, I don't want to happen. And so unforgiveness, guys, will lead us down paths that we never thought were even imaginable. So when we see this right here where he sees and says to him, you're poisoned by bitterness. That verse jumps to Hebrews 12, 15. Listen to Hebrews 12, 15. It says, the root of bitterness springs up and it causes trouble and many become defiled. It keeps me from the blessings of God. Now I want you to think just a second the wording that it said in Hebrews 12, 15. The root of bitterness. The root of bitterness. When I think about a root, whether it's with a weed or even a tomato plant, you don't see the root, do you? You just see the fruit. You just see the size of what's above the ground. But just think about that. That began with a small, small seed. Something little bitty, whether it's the tomato seed or the wheat, it got in the ground. And it began to grow. And this is what happens with the root of bitterness within us. The longer I go with unforgiveness in my heart, the longer that root of bitterness begins to grow. And it gets deeper and it gets deeper. And if you've ever pulled weeds in Oklahoma in the middle of July, it takes everything. And a lot of times you don't get them. And oftentimes, that's how we've treated the root of bitterness. We pull it off at the top, but we never deal with the fruit. And when I begin to do this right here like he's talking about, it leads from unforgiveness to bitterness Bitterness leads to retaliation. Retaliation leads to resentment. Resentment to anger. Anger to hatred. Hatred to violence. And ultimately that little bitty seed ends in murder. Now every one of us in this room would probably say, Pastor, I've never murdered anyone. Have you ever murdered anyone in your thoughts? pray they die. I pray that I, that I. And so again, we've got to be careful how we entertain the bitterness here that he's talking about because he said the root of bitterness would spring up and ultimately it will defile us. So when I look at bitterness, bitterness is very similar to acid. Acid has the ability to corrode. And when bitterness gets into a heart of a man or a woman, it begins to work on the mind, but ultimately it will take the whole body over. How many of you ever seen someone die of bitterness? Every one of us in here, it's not a pleasant sight. We've seen it where people will say, I'd rather die than forgive them. Look how he ends this verse right here. You're poisoned by bitterness and you're bound or you're held captive because of iniquity or sin. And so the root of bitterness in this guy's life unleashed sin. I'm no different. And so when I look at this, the way I get set free of this is the act of forgiveness. So every one of us in here today, we have a story. 
Every one of us. What's your story today? See, we've all been treated wrong, cruelly, abused, lied to, and lied about. Every one of us in this room at one time or another. And so we have the thought, what are we waiting for? Do we wait for payback? Do we wait for uh, revenge? Retaliation? And guess what? I, I can get revenge and retaliation, but when that happens, I become in danger of forming my identity around that injustice that took place in my life. And when that happens, it begins to shape my future. And if it shapes my future, I ultimately become the very thing that I hated and despised. You know why? Galatians 6, 7 says, And whatever seed you sow, you're going to reap it. That's why there's that effect on us right there. And so what do we do about it, Pastor? Is there anything we can do? Well, go back into the Old Testament to Genesis chapter 50. The very last chapter of Genesis And you'll see where I'm going back here. And if you know the Bible or you don't, let me paraphrase just a little bit. There's a man named Joseph. Joseph's a teenager. Joseph began to have these incredible dreams. He shares these dreams with his brothers, and it, it ticks them off. Ticks them off so much that they sell him as a slave. Now, I'm a younger brother. Many of you in here are younger brothers or youngers and sisters. My brother did a lot of cruel things to me. But he never sold me. He may have thought about that, but he never did. What would happen if your brothers would have sold you into slavery? What would your thought be? See, he had ten older brothers. And he could have said, the last thing I do on this earth, I'm going to get even with every one of you. I'm going to hunt your rear down. I'm going to get even with you. Judah, Reuben, Ash, Naphtali, Dan, I'm, I'm going to get every one of you. So while he's sold as a slave, his master was a name named Potiphar. Potiphar's wife, Begins to lie about him. Falsely accuse him. And now he's in jail. But he didn't do anything wrong. And so for 13 years. He has the opportunity. To marinate in all this. And I'm sure there were days. Where he thought. You know what. If it wasn't for Potiphar's wife. I wouldn't be in this situation either. I got something for you Potiphar's wife. See, again, this is how the world begins to think. And if I don't renew my mind with the Word of God, with what God says, it's very easy to get into that trap. So watch this right here. This will help you. Genesis 50, verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us. And may actually or fully repay us for all the evil which we did to him. Now they acknowledge right there, they did evil to him. They know in their heart they've wronged him. 
So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, Before your father died, he commanded saying, Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now, it's very clear with the wording right here, they wronged him. It lists three words, trespasses, sin, and evil. It says it specifically there. They trespassed against you, they sinned against you, and they did evil to you. So now, just right here in your life, has someone trespassed against you? Have they sinned against you? Have they done evil against you? So it's very clear in our life, people have done stuff to us, so what are we going to do with it? What do we do with the things that have happened to us? Keep reading. Now please forgive the trespass of your servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his, other, then his brothers also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we are your servants. And Joseph said to them, Now watch this. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for, I am in, for am I in the place of God? Now when I read that, to get better understanding, the New Living says, Do not be afraid of me. Am I God that I should punish you? You know what he just said there? He recognizes God's the only judge. And he said, I'm not in position to do that. I don't want to be in position to do that. Verse 20. But as for you, now listen to what he says to him. He says, but as for you, you meant evil against me. You intended evil against me. The New International Version said, you intended to harm me. Again, we got to look at this because he's, he's identifying some things that will really help us. He said, you wanted to harm me. And he remembered everything they did. But he didn't remember it in a toxic manner that would poison his present and contaminate his future. You know what he's literally saying? You meant it for evil. But I'm not going to press charges. Now watch how this plays out. But as you meant it for evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you. I'm going to be good to you and your little ones and be comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So Joseph right here, he chooses to forgive his brothers and move forward by trusting God. Now, here's the, the, the Jewish commentaries that really begin to help me when I begin to see this. When I forgive a person, that doesn't mean I'm letting them off the hook, okay? What that literally means is I'm giving the situation over to God. Romans 12, 19 says this. Do not avenge yourselves. Vengeance is mine, says God. So when we read this passage right here, 
As I forgive people, again, I'm not letting them off the hook. I'm just saying, Father God, and God is a just God. God is a holy God. God is a righteous God. And I'm saying, Father God, here it is. Here it is. I turn every bit of this over to you. Now, here's the powerful part of this passage with Joseph. Because he walked in forgiveness toward those who wronged him, it opened up the door to the dream. It released the dream that he had to take place. But if he wouldn't have forgiven, unforgiveness would have literally blocked the dream. The dream would have never happened. So are there areas in your life that the dreams aren't taking place? Well, could it be because you have unforgiveness? And when I walk in unforgiveness, I have deliberately rebelled against what God told me to do. Oh, Pastor, you're preaching good, but it sure does hurt. I feel your pain, okay? There's time in our hearts. I don't want to forgive. Doesn't seem right, God. It doesn't seem fair. But something happens anytime I obey the word of God. So we go back to, to John 8, 32. Only the truth sets you free. Only the truth will set you free. And so you begin to see the effects of unforgiveness where it ultimately goes. I'm not saying what's happened to people in this room is not real, was not hurtful. I'm just saying something happens when we look to Father God and say, I release it to you, Father God. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.